Well, things certainly took a turn. The battle raged on after the late night fireball struck. Crossbow bolts flew up towards our heroes, and an errant ice storm filled the room, the shards of ice ripping at Swift's flesh, dropping him unconscious. His compatriots jumped to action, still in their bedclothes. Lumbar marched through the snowstorm and dragged Swift's body back to relative safety. Zambobo inflicted wounds on the enemy mage while also bringing Swift back from the abyss. Edric charged into action, leaping from the first floor into the street in naught but a nightgown. Wilbur, with his familiar now dead, and him not far off either, chose self-preservation. First turning invisible, and then blinking into the relative safety of the other room, tucked up under the bed. The enemy mage took control of Edric, but the fledgling knight managed to shake it off. Swift, back on his feet, let forth his death magic. With full force, it ripped through the Zentarim mage, destroying him to his very soul. Edric grew to the size of a giant and took battle to the would-be assassins. Lumbar joined the fray, driving his javelin through an attacker, whilst Zambobo ripped the flesh off another's skull. Edric managed to knock another unconscious, and it was only then that the party took in their surroundings. Seemingly half the town was standing, watching them, their mouths agape. Sheriff Markham then arrived, with twenty guards in tow. Taking in the mayhem and destruction, the sheriff ordered our hero's arrest. All but Wilbur accepted their fate, and were led to the cells underneath the town hall. Their co-prisoner in the cells was one of the Zentarim agents, who wouldn't tell them much other than that the snail signed the order for their deaths, and a 1,000 gold piece reward for their heads was out. Back underneath Edric's bed, Wilbur quietly summoned his imp and ordered him to find his friends and report back on their movements, or lack thereof in this case. With eight gold pieces back in his pocket and time on his hands, Wilbur finally decided to do what any reasonable being would do when you were the town's most wanted criminal. Off he headed down to the common room in the very early hours of the morning to find some like-minded individuals to gamble with. As you can imagine, the few residents still awake stared back at the cripple, eyes wide with awe and fear. Ogden went to grab his sword from behind the bar and ordered his arrest. Wilbur, in no mood to be taken prisoner, let out a demonic voice, tentacles seemingly crawling over his body. This stunned the majority of his victims. With that, he was carried to the back exit, and off he crawled to find a hole to hide in until the morning. Markham arrived back at the cells to question the five prisoners. So sure of their innocence, Zambobo offered to cast a zone of truth around them and outpoured their story. Markham agreed to release them, but was bitterly disappointed in the mayhem and destructions the saviors of Nightstone had brought. Meanwhile, Wilbur spied a familiar figure headed towards him. With a sudden movement, Beldora dropped to Wilbur's level and reintroduced herself. She offered to carry him back to his friends and whilst they walked, explained that the Yeti Hunter information was just a fun little lie. She also revealed herself to be a Harper agent, gathering info in the area, and knew of the Zentarim cell that had attacked them. She also knew that the Weevil had been sighted this far north, but was now thought to be heading down south. They met with the rest of the now-released party and continued their discussion. She offered her giant killing device for free if they agreed to gather information on the rampaging giants in the area and also share it with her as well as Markham. 
Lastly, she asked if they could deliver all the news from Bryn Shander to her handler, a gnome in Handelston named Thwip. As their conversation came to a close, our reunited heroes realized all was not right in the town. Villagers were running from the main gates as a booming voice shouted, Hand over, Artus! Off they rushed to the walls where they met Devesa, Markham and Sir Beric, several hundred feet outside the walls. A giantess named Drufi stood with two winter wolves at her side. She demanded Artus be handed over and claimed that his blood was here. Edric opted for diplomacy, explaining that he was Artus's son and therefore his blood. But he didn't know either where Artus was or this Ring of Winter that he had stolen. He even tried to hand himself over, but Swift and Markham wouldn't allow it. These giants were out for blood and were clearly of the same clan that had been ransacking the Ten Towns area. Drufi raised her horn to her lips and ordered her soldiers in. 